We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome to a little bit of a commitment edition to this episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. This one was one that was long anticipated, had some up and downs, and but ultimately Notre Dame was able to get a commitment from 2024 linebacker out of Bellflower, California, St. John Bosco, Kingston Villamoesa, who is one of the top defensive players in the entire country, one of the top players for the best team in the Entire nation just won a national championship and a big addition to the 2024 class for the University of Notre Dame. I'm Ryan Roberts. This is Brian Driscoll. Wanted to wait until all the chaos had finally settled, until Kingston had the opportunity to make his decision because this was one that, again, a lot to dig into here, a lot of backstory, how this happened, how we got to this point. Great day to be a Notre Dame fan Man. and a supporter. Boy, is it, brother. We uh, This was one of the biggest – this was the biggest – defensive uncommitted target left on the board Notre Dame was able to finish this one out Ryan it was it was a wild ride man and we're going to get into whole backstory we're going to share a lot with y'all today as of yesterday I, I had no idea what he was going to do I woke up this morning didn't know what he was going to do as of earlier in the week talking to my sources around the Notre Dame program it was kind of like 50 50 at best you know nobody knew what he was going to do you hear all these there was a lot of confidence coming from the Ohio State side about you know, how they were going to get them, and they felt good about it, and, and and rightfully so to a degree, Ryan, because for a very long time this was Ohio State's to lose. I mean, this is that this has been his leader for two years, you know. And yeah. Notre Dame made great work. You always felt a lot more confident about this one than than maybe even some people I know at Notre Dame did, which we'll get into. But got the got sort of the. This morning, I know you reached out to a couple people. Kingston wasn't talking. You reached out to a couple people that had heard that this was the deal. I finally got a hold of the people that I knew and uh, found out that he had called all the staffs and 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 made the decision. He was coming to Notre Dame. So this is one of those ones, and we're going to get into how it how it played out, Ryan. But at the end of the day, this was a huge one, and and it was it was a different deal. This is a different kind of win for Notre Dame, Ryan, because it's not a kid that that Notre Dame got on. First, you did you publish the post yet on the board? 
I'm still working on it. It was okay. a little tight here. Yeah. Um, so Ryan will have a post on the board here very soon. But one of the things he'll point it out is Notre Dame did not offer Kingston until a year after Ohio State and USC, basically, yeah. because he missed his whole sophomore year with a knee injury. That was also kind of during Notre Dame's transition into Marcus Freeman as the D coordinator in 2021. Then, of course, dealing with the becoming the head coach and all of that type of stuff. And uh, Notre Dame had been playing catch up for a long time. Now they made themselves a, a legitimate contender here, but Ohio State was considered the team to beat the entire time, except for about a week after the visits happened, where USC was getting a lot of the pub, or at least coming out of the USC visit for sure. And there yep. was a ton of pressure on him to stay in state. Some of the Ohio State and USC people were even saying after the visits, Ryan, that this was a USC Ohio State battle, which you and I knew was was bunk. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame was always in it, but nobody really thought Notre Dame was going to win this one. And they did. And and we're going to get into kind of how it played out. But this is one of those ones, Ryan, where this is a huge, huge staff effort. A lot of people went into this. But there's one thing that I can say with 100% certainty. If Marcus Freeman is not the head coach and if Marcus Freeman doesn't put the work in he put in the last couple months, especially, especially the last month with this recruitment, this kid's celebrating a commitment to the Buckeyes today. There's no doubt about it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a great way to put it because I I, I had said recently because someone asked about Kingston and if Notre Dame was able to get Kingston, like who are the big who are the big reasons why? And I think that there were a few people on the staff that you could definitely look at and say you give a big assist to them, right? Like you talk yeah. about Al Washington and his previous Huge. relationship with him at Ohio State. Huge. Huge. And that continued at Notre yeah. Dame too. I mean, yes. Coach exactly. Washington played a big role in this at Notre Dame as well, correct? Yep. Absolutely. And you talk about Chad Bowden and I mean, we, we can include Chad in every single recruitment because he is that grinder. Right. And he obviously had a big part of this one as well. You could talk about, I, I know when, after he got back from his official visit, Kingston had talked to me a lot about Max Bulla and the opportunity he had to sit down with him, watch film, really dig into his background, talk X's and O's with him, talk about how he'd be used at Notre Dame. 
So I think Max Bola also got a little bit of an assist here, but mm-hmm. you are correct. It I it starts and ends with Marcus Freeman because yeah. there was some ground to make up in this one. Like you said, I mean, Ohio State had offered a year beforehand. USC had offered a year beforehand. That was obviously his, his final three, counting Notre Dame. And Notre Dame was able to cut the gap, take the lead, and then get the lead back at the end here, obviously. So massive job by this Notre Dame staff. Marcus Freeman, again, just kind of changed the – fortunes of the linebacker group in mm-hmm. 2024 a little bit right like there was a yeah. lot of question marks around that position with Kingston now in the fold it's a lot more clarity to that position moving forward and Notre Dame continues their hot streak of three straight classes with some impact linebackers in my opinion yep you know you look at this one Ryan and you look at how it played out I'll, I'll give a, a lot of I mean obviously Marcus Freeman just really closing on this Notre Dame we can't get into specifics but let's just say the Notre Dame network had a big influence in this one as well. Uh, the ability of, of Freeman and the staff to lay out what it means to graduate from Notre Dame as a, as an athlete and, and life after that, that played a huge role in this thing. Uh, they did a great job there. And, and one of the things that was important to this one, Ryan, is Notre Dame didn't use all their kind of bullets at once, right? Yeah. They didn't kind of like – Let's throw everything at them, right? The fun, you know, and, and then hope that that's enough. They they really had a plan that got implemented. You talk about last fall, Chad Bowden going out to St. John Bosco games. You know, the Notre Dame staff getting on the road. Washington went and saw him. Freeman uh, went and saw him at one point in time. Al Golden went and saw him at one point in time. Chad went and saw him uh, during sometimes he was allowed out on the road. You look at the fact that they included different coaches at different times to kind of give it a different angle, you know? So like coach Washington was really heavily involved and then they kind of backed him off a little bit to get coach golden more involved. Then they got coach Bulla involved. Then down the stretch, coach Washington got re-involved again and it was strategic. It wasn't like coach Washington decided on oh, next month, I'm not going to talk to him. It was strategic. It was, you know, let's kind of get these different things. But the one consistent really over the last several months and especially down the stretch was Marcus Freeman selling his vision for vision for him. Like, look, yes, no matter who the coach is, you're coming to play for a program in the way that we believe in this program and the way that I'm going to be building this program because that's the one constant that you can guarantee is going to be here is me. And that was a huge, huge sell on top of the whole staff ever. But the the strategy in which they kind of put this together was one of the best I've seen Notre Dame do, where there was clear, like, hey, we have to go about this differently. We just can't have five coaches overwhelming him all at once. Because you right. know this, Ryan, the way Kingston is, that would have been a turnoff to him. Yes, so he had to be smart about who is going to be kind of stepping it up at this time, who's going to be engaging with him at this time, and really making sure they were smart about it. Kudos to Chad Bowden and his staff for making sure everybody was on the same page. And then kudos to the all the, the assistant coaches under Coach Freeman as well, Al Washington, Al Golden, right? He talked to you about Al Golden during this period too and, and sort of yeah. the, the way that Al Golden talked about you know, how they're going to use him the defense. Max Bulla, man, this is just such a, 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 a huge, huge win, Ryan. And it's one of those ones that, as I said before, this is very different from a lot of Notre Dame big wins because this is not one where it was get on them early and hold on for dear life. Sure. <laughs> and, and that's what makes this big. And then when you add into the fact that outside of linemen and the offensive linemen and the occasional tight end, you just came from behind to beat a program that has dominated you for kids like this for a long time. Yep. And you also beat your arch rival who's yes. who, and he was in their backyard. 
that only adds right to how enormous this is for Notre Dame. Well, I think that's the two biggest points there is that I I would say for me, Ohio State had uh, Ohio State and USC had two of the easier sells for for as far as comparative to Notre Dame in this class from the sense of Ohio State was first. Ohio State has a linebacker coach that he was very familiar with, obviously, and James Laurinaitis. He, they have a little bit more of the consistency as far as over the last you know couple years because mm-hmm. Notre Dame obviously got in a little bit late due to the injury. USC, backyard. And we know that there was a great push, especially when he took his official visit to, hey, man, like, you know, people around, kind of just, you know, the, the miscellaneous people around, like, hey, stay home, help Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley, get USC mm-hmm. football back to the top. And, you know, that great pitch, Troy right? Palomalo on campus yeah. during his visit, man, like, Yep, they pulled now, out the, all the stops. They, they took out the big guns for sure. But I think that Notre Dame for me, Brian, it's like, I think it was the authenticity, of course. Mm-hmm. But I really think that at the end of the day, I knew that Kingston wasn't going to be just pushed to the glamour and the glitz of this whole thing, right? You know, the no. easy flash of USC, the flashiness of Ohio State to a degree. It, it was always because I, again, you know, there's some there's some recruits that just kind of feed you the line. Right. And then there's some guys that you can tell actually believe what they're saying, right. About what's important to them. And Kingston's Kingston's criteria was always consistent. It was always, I am a faith bearing man. I want to have my spirituality entrusted in where I'm going. I want to also be challenged academically. I want to be challenged as a football player. And I want to be developed as the best possible person and football player that I could be. There is no place out of that final three that does that better than university of notre dame as far as checking every single box so being able to check all those boxes and beating a program like ohio state that does have a lot of momentum does have a lot of recruiting momentum has done a tremendous job beating a team like that for a player that ohio state wanted don't let there be any you know fanfare of like and and did a good job with Right, yes, Ryan? Like, this job. isn't a thing yep. where Ohio State or USC dropped the ball. If you're mad at their coaches, look, yep. they did a great job with this. They did. They didn't drop the ball. They didn't take Notre yep. Dame for – they didn't overlook Notre Dame. They didn't do no. – this is just one that Notre Dame won, and sometimes that happens. You know, Notre Dame has recruited kids hard in the past. We've talked about this with Elijah Rushing. Notre Dame did everything they could have done to get that kid that they that possibly were willing to do, and they just – the kid just made other decisions, right? This is one of those ones for Ohio State and USC. They didn't drop the ball. They didn't do anything wrong here. This is just a situation where you know Notre Dame was able to sell it all, Ryan. And I wanted to say something else to get you to respond to this too, Ryan, is because everything you heard Kingston say, you hear all the time. I care about academics, care about faith. And there were times during this where I, I didn't feel good about it just because of what I'm hearing from my sources. And Ryan just kept saying, I don't know, man. I'm not I, I don't I know what everybody's saying, but I just feel like this kid is legit when he says it. He means it. And I just he you always felt better about where Notre Dame stood in this recruitment uh compared to myself or even my sources at Notre Dame, Ryan. And and yeah. it was because you read this kid correctly. When this kid says these things are important to me, I believe him. Where you know, you know, Ryan, sometimes when you hear that, you're like, Yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I th- I think the thing about Kingston was it never changed, right? Like the criteria never changed. Some some players, some recruits, you can definitely see through it because it's like they told me this criteria the first time, and then the second time there was just different criteria on there, and it just seemed kind of wishy washy and not thorough. Kingston is thorough, and his family is thorough, and he comes from a program that is incredibly thorough with obviously with how they prepare their student athletes. So. 
yeah, I, I believed Kingston for pretty much from the start. The first couple of times, because I actually had a chance to meet him in person back at he was at the the All American Bowl down in San Antonio when Peyton Woodyard made his commitment to the University of Georgia. And there's just something different about him. Like there really is, you know, and, and I think the difference is one of the reasons that he might align to Notre Dame a little bit better, you know, the uniqueness. But there's just something that he's not. I, I just never got the impression that recruiting was. Recruiting was a tool for him to find the best fit possible. It wasn't a tool yeah. to get the most followers on Twitter and to get all this pub and to, you know, get all these fans to follow him. It it was strictly to try to find the best fit for him and the best home. And the fact that every single time it was always about his faith, his development, his comforts and playing high level football, those things just kind of always intertwined and were always super consistent. So yeah, there's some kids that read you the line, read you the, you know, the, oh, everything's great and and every team is the best team ever. But I think Kingston's one of those young men that he lived what he was preaching, which I think is why he ends up at the University of Notre Dame because they're, it's just, he's a very mature 18 year old. So I will just leave it at that, right? Like this is a different type of cat, different type of cat. And a kid who is that way because of the manner in which he was raised. And that's something that I thought was one of the more brilliant strategies that that Marcus Freeman and Al Washington had the biggest impact with. And that was winning over mom and dad. Like that's Ryan. I mean, you can explain more on that, but them winning over mom and dad to me, if they do not get him, no matter what he might've felt about his faith and whatever else, if, if mom and dad weren't completely on board with Notre Dame, I don't want to say that this is where they wanted him to go. Because I think right. that would be taken a little too far, but right. I think that there was a lot of maybe, yes, we kind of think this might be a great place for him, even more Pretty so than others. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that was a big part of this, Ryan, and something also that you've been saying for a while is also what gave you optimism, why you really felt Notre Dame was going to win this one, even when almost everybody else that I know didn't think Notre Dame was, they were going to be close. But it wasn't just going. It just wasn't going to be quite enough. Well, he he had said obviously. Well, I'll I'll say it like this: Mom, Mom's opinion is very important to Kingston, especially you know his mm-hmm. parents in general, but his fa- his families in general. But Mom's especially is very important, and there's a lot of players that say that as well, right? Like right. you know, Mom matters, and and sure. But Kingston, I, the minute that I really believed it and and I felt like it was a big sticking point to his decision was when he was about to go on his official visits, Brian, and he didn't talk about his experience on that visit coming up, right? He said the official visits are most important because my family has never been to a couple of these places and I need their input to make a great yeah. decision. So I think that when you talk about that layer of this whole thing, how the official visits were more for his family than it actually was for him when you're because he had been to USC, Ohio State, Notre Dame multiple Lots times, times at that point, yeah. multiple times. But it was that trip, especially to South Bend, was not for Kingston. It was for his mom and his dad, who had never been there, who had never talked to the coaches face to face in that type of a setting. And it never experienced South Bend, Indiana. So that was a big sticking point for me is that family was involved. It was ultimately his decision in the end. But yes, his mom, his dad, his family, their opinions absolutely did matter in this one. Yeah. And and I think the staff did a really good job, Ryan, of winning them over throughout the process. But it really got sealed 
during the official. That was the thing. And, and this was this was Freeman and Washington, from what I'm told, were the two drivers of that connection because of Washington with the longevity. You know, because again, when he got offered in 2021 by Ohio State, the guy that offered him the scholarship from Ohio State, Ryan, if correct me if I'm wrong, was Al Washington, who at the time was the linebackers coach at, at Notre Dame. So there was a lot of people that thought, well, now that Laronitis is going to Ohio State, that's going to hurt Notre Dame. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not the thing that I'm worried about because the guy he's had the longest relationship with is still is at Notre Dame. And that's really what it boiled down to. So this was really one of those ones, Ryan, where you say staff effort was imperative, imperative to win this one. But as yep. we said before, this is one of those recruitments where you say, can Mark, you ask yourself, can Marcus Freeman still win these huge battles as the head coach, especially at linebacker, like he would have when he was still the D coordinator and linebackers coach? And yep. this is evidence of that, Ryan, because there's nothing about how this recruitment went down that should make you say Notre Dame was going to be the choice, right? Yep. As far as just the time frame and, you know, you're going to lay out the timeline on the board here in a little bit. Uh, yep. you know, and that's what Ryan's working. If you guys see what he's working on while I'm talking, that's what he's working on is trying to get that on the message board with the, just a little it's, bit of the backstory, just, but this doesn't format that well to the message board. How yeah, I'm trying it, right it now, really doesn't. Is, yeah, if you publish it, Ryan, I can go in there and kind yeah. of clean it up while we're going through some okay. of this stuff. Okay. Uh, and just to get that in there. Cause when you copy and paste, it just, it does. Yeah. You know, there's some stuff you have to yeah. do. The in space, the, uh, the spacing is all off right yeah. now. So yeah. yeah, I'll go ahead and knock that <laughs> out. But, uh, okay. But yeah, th this was a this was a big one. I, again, I really wish I could share some of the stuff that 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 I was told in the last week. But I, like I said, Ryan, even even early this this week, even as a few days ago, there just wasn't a lot of confidence that this was going to be the pick, mm -hmm. just because you know he he was saying all the right things. But there was one thing that I was told that gave them sort of like a this is why we're going to keep fighting, because he kept reaching out to them and asking questions. Right. What about this? What about that? If I pick Notre Dame, what would this be? What would this look like throughout the entire process? And the fact that he was engaging them is the mm -hmm. one thing that gave them a glimmer of hope of, hey, we, we're we still in this. Let's keep fighting. And and they made some tough choices, Ryan. They they There were some guys that they might have been able to go in on the last couple of weeks when it looked like it was trending away to say, hey, let's just cover our bases. Yeah. But they said, no, this is the kind of kid. This is the kid we want. This is the kid that we need, and they stayed on it, and they won it in the end. And, man, just a massive, massive pickup for Notre Dame. And and I can't stress again, like other than like what, Harry Heastan, nobody at Notre Dame has really had any kind of consistent success against Ohio State the last decade. They've yeah. won a kid here and there. Like Sean Crawford was a kid that Notre, Ohio State got on late that Notre Dame beat them for. But there just aren't a lot of kids – that they've been able to say, hey, look, they went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Ohio State wanted that kid as much as Notre Dame wanted him, and right. Notre Dame got him. They, I mean, Garrett Stover is an example in this class of a kid that Notre Dame really wanted. They didn't get. Obviously, we know about Justin Scott. Uh, if Aaron Scott picks them, he'll be another one. But this is just – Notre Dame's had a tough time beating Ohio State. This is the kind of thing that you need. And especially when you're talking about – here's another angle of this too, Ryan. The two mm -hmm. teams Notre Dame beat – both beat Notre Dame this past season by 11. Right, yeah. And Notre Dame lost to Marshall and Stanford. I mean, that's what Notre Dame is coming off of. That's It was really hard to sell this vision of how it's going to pan out when that's the reality of it, but they did a good job of selling that vision. And there was a – this is something you had noted too to me when we were talking. There was a consistency to their mm -hmm. messaging 
They yeah. didn't keep throwing stuff against the wall, hoping they could find the thing that worked for him. They had a message they believed in. And throughout the entire process, that stayed consistent. And I think that also mattered to Kingston. And when you have a kid like him and the way his family is, that yeah. consistency is going gonna, is gonna to be important. 100%. Yeah, he's he is one of the most meticulous kids that I've ever talked to as far as he knows what he wants. He was trying to find it. And he was doing his absolute best to be able to find the best reality for him. Like this isn't fluff. This isn't, this isn't shock value. This isn't, you know, all the glitz and glam. Like this was for Kingston, right? Like this was yeah. the best for his future. What he perceived to be the best for his future. Right. So yes, he was very level-headed. He was very meticulous. I, I can't say enough good things about this young man. And I wasn't, you know, this was just a situation where, you talk to him, and when you get to know him, you understand why Notre Dame is so high on him and why I believe mm-hmm. that, and we, we have good reason to believe this, that if he chose somewhere else other than Notre Dame, Notre Dame would have kept recruiting him because yes. he's a Notre Dame kid. Like, he just yes. is. Like, he's a kid that may, that fits the program and would, be, would thrive at a place like the University of Notre Dame. So everything involved, man, it's just a, it's a great day for all parties involved. I think Kingston made it, made a decision best for him. That wasn't the easy decision either. It wasn't. And that's why you've been hearing recently buzz for USC at some points, buzz for Ohio States at some points and not as much for Notre Dame, you know, like this wasn't the popular pick, but it was the best pick for Kingston and his family and his future playing football. And I think making those hard decisions It's not an easy thing, right? Like Jeremiah Love last cycle, choosing Notre Dame over a couple of the offers that he had from other schools was not easy. It's not an easy thing to do, but that's what makes them unique. And that's what makes them different. And I think that's why Kingston is going to fit in great at University of Notre Dame, because he sees a different perspective than I think a lot of kids would. Let's also say this, there's going to be, and I saw it in the chat, somebody talking about, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still nervous about this one and, you know, what if one of these schools throws a big bag at him? Let me, let me just say this. Number one, in recruiting, there are no guarantees. Nowadays, even when you sign with the new rules, Ryan, right? I mean, so yeah, you can live your life and, you know, constant worry about a kid decommitting or you can just enjoy the fact that the kid's in the class. But I'll say this. There have already been huge offers on the table oh, yeah. if he wanted them. I don't want to get into it, but I'll just say this. There's one school in particular that's among his finalists that offered a a really su- substantial package. Yes. But at the end of the day, Ryan, as you said, I think that was something that kind of caused him to say, hold on a second. Right. That's not easy money to just brush off. Sure. But he did. At the end of the yep. day, he did. Because he understood that you're making this commitment. The long-term value is a lot more important than the short-term game game yes and yes. so i'm just not overly concerned about it. i think the only way you could see notre dame falter on this one as far as i can see it ryan is if just the season goes horribly wrong or bad right right, right? which uh yeah. you know but again there are no guarantees but that's just not one with this particular young man that i'm overly concerned about just knowing who he is and yeah. and i honestly thought ryan sometimes that you had just convinced yourself that they were going to get him because how much you like talking to the kid because he's a great kid <laughs> well, and you didn't want to great kid There's you didn't no want to like that. you know have to be like well he's going somewhere else you know what i mean so uh huge yeah. huge huge win for notre dame well, 
on this well, and one, think, no question. And think about and think about where he's getting pulled from, right? I mean, we talked about the you know USC's backyard stuff, right, Brian? But one of his best friends just committed to USC as well. Marcellus right. Williams committed to USC. Right. His other best friend, Peyton Woodyard, is going to play SEC football at Georgia. He also has a scholarship offer from the University of Georgia, from the University and of Alabama. Ohio State. And Ohio State. I mean, like it, there, there are there's a lot of pools in different directions, and I think that for me, when you ask who's the kid that's more likely to be flipped, it's the kid that isn't like him, right? And again, anything could happen. I'm not saying that there's a kid that's unflippable. I'm just saying that there are different layers to how likely a kid is to be flipped, and Kingston just doesn't seem like one of those kids to like. Dude, yeah, like to get to that yeah. point. I mean, well, again, we'll see. Notre Dame has to play good football yeah. this year to finalize There, there are no guarantees in recruiting, but some you look at, Ryan, and you say, I'm just not worried about that one with right. that kid, right? It's going like, to be hard. It's gonna that's be hard. why when everybody yeah. – it's like Jer- – you know who he reminds me a lot of is Jeremiah Love. Yes. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. As far as compl- different backgrounds and all that, but like Jeremiah just had his vision of this is what matters to me. Yes. And it really, the, the other stuff doesn't matter to me. The other fluff, the, all the things that people say, well, this kid might flip because they're going to offer big money at him. I don't know of a kid in last year's class that could sign with Notre Dame who had a bigger offer than Jeremiah Love. No, We're talking no. seven figure, off, seven figure offers, right? And yeah. so it just didn't matter. He yep. had a vision for this is what I want. So when uh, these other schools came with offers and promises of this, that, and the other, Jeremiah said, yeah, but you can't offer me this, this, and this. Only Notre Dame can. Right. And I think Kingston, I think that ultimately is something that that sealed the deal for Kingston as well. And and yep. it's why that once I would have said this, I would have felt much better about the potential of him flipping back to Notre Dame had he picked someone else. But even then, I don't I wouldn't have felt great about it because he just doesn't strike me as the kind of young man that is is gonna go back barring something dramatic changing. Sure. Right? Yeah. Like, yep. Bad season. Marcus Freeman leaves something that unforeseen, right? Yeah, right, right. Which we just don't see either of those two things happening. So I I feel good about this one. Uh, Again, long long way to December, but this is a this is a big one. Ryan, let's talk Mm -hmm. about the class impact a little bit of what this means. Let's get into the nitty gritty now. We've talked about the backstory. We've we've given the praise where it needs to be. Marcus Freeman crushed this one. Al Washington did a great job. Al Golden deserves a high five for the role that he played in this, right? It was more of a complimentary role, but that's okay. That's okay. You know, Max Bulla getting involved late, Chad Bowden and his crew, like this is one of those ones. And the Notre Dame network, and we, I don't know that we're allowed to kind of talk about who, Mm -hmm. but there were definitely, he he reached out to and and talked to several former Notre Dame players. Yes. You know, that, that, uh, that, that we would all know and recognize and, and love, which, right? Which so. is just such a, which is just a, I mean, again, we're talking about being different and being unique. Like that's mm-hmm. one of the signs of being different and being unique, right? Like he didn't want just his vantage point. He didn't want his perspective. He didn't want just his mom and his dad's perspective. He didn't want just coach Freeman's perspective and the other head coaches that were involved right. in this guy. He wanted alumni. He wanted assistant right. coaches. He wanted fans. He wanted it all, man, which, I right. again, I think is why he's a little bit of a different cat. Just a because he different. made this decision by taking everything into account yes. yep. and was thoughtful with it. And and honestly, right, genuinely, this is the one of the few times – I can't remember the last time mm-hmm. um, that – well, actually, probably Emil Wagner was the last okay. time that Notre Dame got a kid that on the, de- the morning we woke up, it was a decision, the Notre Dame coaches didn't know – that they were going to get him. Like, I think the Emil Wagner was the last man. time. This doesn't happen very often. It, it doesn't. 
Uh, and and because he didn't call and tell all the coaches till today, because I honestly think that I think there's twofold. One is I think that he wanted to not let it get out. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, as best he could, which it's impossible nowadays, because the schools that don't get them are now telling everybody we didn't get them. And then it gets out that he, way. Right. He did it about as well as I've ever seen yeah. a kid do it, though, man. I was like, like, literally, I mean, to your yeah. point, Brian, I I have been this way over the last couple of days. I literally said this on the live show on Friday. People were asking about Kingston. I'm like, guys, nothing has changed on my end. Right. I think it's a 50 50 right now. Right. Like, I, I think it go either way. And I know people were probably like, what? How does how do you not know? And it's right. just like, no one as knows. Yesterday, Ryan, he had not told them. They he did not call and tell all. He he. My understanding is he called the USC and Ohio State first and told them he wasn't coming. I believe is how it went down. And then called Notre Dame and told him he was coming. Yeah, but I also think part of it too, Ryan. Is I don't know that he really was for sure that this was the movie he was going to make until maybe the last twenty four to forty eight hours. I, I really yes. think he took onto it. Now. USC has been out for a little bit. They were an early mm-hmm. surge after the visits. There was that brief period of about a week that yep. we were hearing USC made a big, let's just call it a push for him. <laughs> and uh, But after that, it went right back to Ohio State and Notre Dame. Yep. And it was Notre Dame and Ohio State. He had actually kind of, it was a two, it's been a two-man race for a while and everybody knew it. So USC mm-hmm. knew they were out. Uh, mm-hmm. at least as of a, a two to three weeks ago, I would, I would say Ryan. So everybody knew it was going to come down to these two. So just a, just a big, big one for the Notre Dame staff, but let's talk about what this means for the class. Yeah. Yeah. You look at where Notre Dame was and you talk about the recruiting they had the last two years of linebacker. Notre Dame has recruited linebacker phenomenally well the last two years since Marcus Freeman arrived. Yes. However, poor recruiting by previous staffs, meant two things. Number one is some of those linebackers needed to be taken other places, right? right. So yeah. you've got Josh Burnham and Junior Chilamaka, a pair of top 100 linebackers in the 2022 class are now defensive ends. Right. You completely struck out at linebacker in 2020 because everybody knew Jordan Patel was eventually going to be a, a Viper. You had you had uh, two linebackers in the 2021 class. They're both gone, although there's right. a chance that, that – um, Kahanu Kia comes back after his mission. That's still, I believe, the family's plan is for him yep. to come back. But you are still short on numbers because you only got two guys. And then you really only have two linebackers left from the 2022 class and Nolan Ziegler and Jalen Sneed. So even with last year's great three-man class, mm-hmm. you still needed another strong three-man class, Ryan. And and yeah. so, number one, from a pure numbers need, this was big just from a depth number standpoint. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and you needed it, right? Like you needed it to your point. I mean, with the position changes that have happened and the defections, obviously, of a couple guys and the uncertainty of Keanu Kia, like I'll just put it like that, right? Like I expect him to come back, but at the end of the day, he hasn't played football for two years. So like who knows what you even expect from him when he comes back. But you needed this. And Brian, one of the positions that I – because I know – Kingston's a kid that can play multiple spots, right? Like he's not necessarily just a Mike. He could play Will. He could play multiple spots on a on the second level. But one position that I would say there's a little still a little bit of a question mark as far as what the long term is going to look like is Mike linebacker. Like I think that's one right. spot that I look at and I say, like I think Drake Bowen's going to be that guy. But you know he's still making that transition, obviously. Right. And you know Preston Zinter is he going to be that guy eventually? There's still some question marks there. I've been Kingston for everything that we've been talking about, about the missteps and the question marks of linebacker recruiting. He is the one known commodity that you needed at this position. Yes, you need to hit numbers, 
but you also need to hit a good number, right? Like taking a right. third linebacker that's just a solid or an right. upside pick, like that's not going to cut it, man. Like you needed a guy that is not only a number, but it's also an impact number. A right. guy that's going to come in day one and be like, yeah, he he belongs here. Like there's no question. And you needed a true inside backer, right? Yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing is I don't know that him or Drake or Jaden Osbury or Nolan Ziegler or any of the guys they've landed – we're pure Mike's or Wills. And I think right. that's good because if yeah. you're a pure Mike, that means you're probably not athletic enough to be an impact player okay. at Notre Dame. That That's yeah. what I would say, the way that they play defense. And you look at a guy like Bodie Cahoon and, and Teddy Rezac, I think this is impact. This is a big impact on them as well because you took a flyer on two linebackers that have verified four, five, 40 times, but are very raw and a bit, Okay, lower floor, high ceiling guys. Would you say right. that's fair, Ryan? Very fair. Teddy yeah. is – they can talk to him all they want about him maybe being a Will linebacker someday. Maybe he can be, but right now he's 195-pound string bean, right? So right now you look at him and he the way he plays the game, Rover. Screams Rover. Well, Brian, to, to strengthen your point, literally I talked to Corset Hobbs about this on a podcast, and he was like, wait, Teddy's a linebacker? I thought he was a safety. I'm like, yeah, Bingo. Man, exactly. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And so you look at Bodie Cahoon, that kid has yet to play a full year of linebacker. You know, like, Ryan, you've you've no, documented this at Irish Breakdown. He started the season at safety and then eventually moved to linebacker. He's a high upside kid, but he's still learning that position. He's a lower floor, really high ceiling guy. If you'd have gone into this class with those guys as your one and two, that's a little shaky. Right. There's some boomer bust there. This is one of the highest floor linebackers in the entire country, if not the highest floor linebacker in the entire country. And so now in a year where line, the linebacker class is not good, we've been saying this for months. It's not a great linebacker class. You got one of the best and a guy that Notre Dame viewed as the one the their number one inside backer on their board for a year. Would you say that's that's accurate? Right, Ryan, that's I think kind of laid out in your thing. They stayed on him, and they so they get their number one inside backer. And now you took a flyer on two really high upside kids, and these other two, where now they look like the complementary pieces to him, which adds impact. And it's the second year in a row that Notre Dame has signed a three-man linebacker class that can play together. Because in last year's class, you could put Drake at Mike and Zinter at Will, and then Jaden at, at Rover. You could put. Preston Zinter at Mike, Drake at will. You could even consider having Drake at Rover. So, I mean, there's there's all types of ways you can play that trio together. And then this trio actually, to me, projects even a little bit more naturally with Teddy as a Rover and then uh, Kingston and Brody Cahoon inside, whether right. whoever you want to have as the Mike or the will. I personally like him as more as a Mike just yes. because of the way he moves. And we'll get into that when we break down the film. But this is one of those big things, Ryan, where it's it's not just about numbers. It's not just about talent. It's can you play them all together? Can they get on the exactly. field together? Can your right. best linebacker in this year's class, which is Kingston Viliyama Asa, get on the field with your two studs from last year, Jaden Osbury and Drake Bowen? And the answer is yes. yes. Answer is absolutely yes. Yes, he yeah. can. Yeah. Can he get on the field with Jalen Sneed? Yes, he can. Because if you th sign three stud linebackers three years in a row, and whoever you pick as the stud in 22, whether it's Jalen Snead or Josh Burnham or Nolan Ziegler, whoever, uh, right. whoever you view as the number one guy last year, Jaden Osbury, Drake Bowen, and now Kingston is the number one here, can they play together? They all Mikes, right? right. Or right. or Wills. 
the fact is, is this is a kid that can not only play with the kids in his class, but can play side by side Drake Bowen or Jaden Osbury or Jalen Sneed in the future. That's huge because yeah. now you're putting together a group of guys that can play together. And then you know who else is really happy about this decision, Ryan, and, and the and the the commitments they've landed at linebacker in the last two classes. Special you know, this is really coach. fun. Marty Biagi. Marty Biagi. <laughs> yeah. There's no question. This guy's going to be like, are you serious? Kingston <laughs> Villamas is the slowest linebacker you guys are recruiting in this class. Seriously? Okay. Seriously. I'm Seriously, really man. happy I made the decision to come to Notre Dame. Seriously, I mean, though. think about that, Ryan. That's huge. Yeah. In the no, last it, two years, yeah. I would argue only he's he's faster than maybe only one linebacker. And that's probably press and center. Just pure speed. And yeah. that says a lot because this kid can run. Yeah, Preston Zitzer could run a little bit too, which is pretty exactly. wild. To That's, think why about. That's why I said maybe. That's why I said maybe. I mean, it's it's a great problem to have, obviously, right? And obviously, yeah. saying that very sarcastically because it's not a problem. It, it's, yeah. a, it's what people want to have. And I think that we don't talk about, we talk about it a lot, but not enough people talk about the fit thing, right? It's like wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line. You got to make sure you're not recruiting the same guy, the cookie cutters, right? I mean, because Ryan, like, if you some... sign the five best offensive linemen in the country and they're all centers yeah. and guards, you're not going to yeah. have the best five man offensive line in the country. Exactly. Exactly. If you sign four even, defensive I mean, linemen you... and they're all nose guards, guess what? You're not yeah. going to have an elite defensive line. You're going to have a bunch of freaking nose guards. And, and that goes the same way of offensive line. It's like, oh, all the great, you know, six, seven left tackles of all time. It's like, who's going to play center? Like, who's is anybody going to be able to play center? Like, does right. anybody have leverage ability in that in that regard? So, yeah, I mean, I think that I look at it and I say, if I'm just talking 2024 class of how am I going to line up today? For me personally, it's going to be Kingston at Mike, Bodie at Will. And then Rezac at Rover. That I right. mean, and that's an e- and that's easy. All those spots as well. You don't have to force a round peg into a square hole with any of those players. Like they would be comfortable because that's literally roles that they play right now in high mm-hmm. school, and they'd be able to do those things. So yes, I think that fit matters extremely. You know, to the highest of levels. And the other big thing is that. You're getting versatile players as well because there is a little bit of flexibility. Drake Bowen can play multiple spots. Preston Zitzer can play multiple spots to a degree. Jay Osbury might be a guy that could eventually play multiple spots as his body develops. You're talking about Kingston, ability to play both Mike and Will on the college level. You talk about Bodie Cahoon as a 6'2", 220-pound linebacker that can run 4'5'4". That's could potentially play Mike as his body continues to develop. If Teddy Rizek's body can hold the weight, maybe he's a will down the line. There's a lot of versatility. There's a lot of ways to make things fit. And I think that that matters extremely well. And for the linebacker coaches, you know, for Al Golden and Max Bulla, they're going to have a lot of options on the second level yeah. due to what Marcus Freeman has done and do what they're able been able to do in 2024. This one commitment has completely, in my opinion, and if people disagree, that's fine. You're allowed to disagree. Sure. But in my opinion, getting Kingston into this class has completely altered the perspe- perspective of 2024 linebacker recruiting at Notre Dame. Because let's be honest with ourselves. The last two with Bodie Cahoon and Teddy Rezac, there is projection. There is, right. which means that there's a possibility that they don't hit their ceilings. They possibly that they don't develop properly. And you could have been sitting here of like, wow, that's not a good linebacker class. But now right. with kids or risky at the very best, really yes. risky. Exactly. Class. Right. But now you have the floor of Kingston a, a, combined with two high ceilings in the other spots. 
then I look at it and say, this is now a good to very good linebacker class. I, I'm good with it. Like I have no questions about linebacker at this point in the 2024 class, because I think the one thing that we forget, and we always forget this, is that these kids still have a senior year to play, right? We don't know how good Bodie Cahoon is going to be when he signs on the dotted line. We have no idea how good Teddy Rizak is right. going to be when he signs on the dotted line. If Kingston Villiamo Asa is just as good as he is today when he signs on the dotted line, I'm happy. I'm good right. to go there, right? So, yes, I think we're in Notre Dame is in very good shape at linebacker. And this has completely changed the fortune of the outlook of the linebacker group in 2024 because it was looking bleak at points. There's ups right. and downs. There's no doubt about it. The process wasn't great at times, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, you got the guy that you thought was the musket on the board, and Notre Dame was able to accomplish that. So they were, we're all good today. They were always fighting an uphill battle with Kingston. That That's the thing. They were always fighting an uphill battle. And the fact that they were able to actually get this one done speaks volumes, like you said, Ryan, about where this staff is now from a from a recruiting prowess, what this staff is capable of. I think this is one of those ones that you say this is kind of a statement win, right? And you've had some big wins in recent seasons, right? But some of the big wins you could say, okay, well, Drake Bowen was a huge win. And, and I would argue that Drake Bowen still has – the highest ceiling of any linebacker they've landed in the last two years, right? 23 and 24. That's my personal opinion. Right. Uh, but you, you look at it and say, but yeah, but Drake was from Indiana. Well, not originally, blah, blah, but he was in Indiana. Right. And, and so, yeah, they were able to get that done. That was big, but he's an Indiana kid. You look at, um, you, you could look at, uh, um, Preston Zinter, Massachusetts kid. You look at Jalen Sneed. Well, yeah, his, his head coach is one of Marcus Freeman's best friends, right? There was always sort of that, that, that reason that you could justify, well, maybe this wasn't as big of a win as whatever, right? right. There is nothing like that with this one. This is simply you went toe to toe with a school that's been kicking your butt and you got it done because this yes. is, and this is the kind of win you have to start doing more regularly. And maybe this is the start of something new. But here's the thing where it helps, Ryan. When you look at future years, when Notre Dame is recruiting against Ohio State, you're going to have some kids on this roster that can say, hey, man, you got to do what's best for you. Yep. But let me explain to you why I picked Notre Dame. Because right. what you'll find is most of these kids will they'll push their school, but they don't push the way that coaches do. Because they most kids understand, hey, you got to do what is best for you. But when you can say that, but then also say, but here's why I did not do Ohio State or, you know, and not like from a negative standpoint, like, oh, they sucked or they did this wrong. But it's like, here's the benefit that Notre Dame gave me that I just couldn't get anywhere else. That matters. That stuff really matters. And you're talking about a highly ranked kid from the premier program in the country right now. Yeah. That's going to have some big sway, some very big sway. Uh, for Notre Dame when it comes to being able to recruit big boys. I mean, that's the reality because, right, that's that's where we're at, right? Like this staff has done a good job of evaluations, you know, finding the Caleb Smiths and the the Logan Saldates and the Teddy Rezacs and the Bo Bodie Cahoons, like the Logan Thomases, the Cole Mullins, like they're doing a great job of finding those under-the-radar gems that have impact talent. But at some point in time, you've also got to be able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia and beat them because yeah. it has a two-fold impact. Not only do you land a good player, but you keep them from landing a good player. 100%. Where yeah. is if Notre Dame would have found a, 
a kid with with Kingston ceiling somewhere else. Let's say Bradley Shaw had Kingston ceiling and maybe not the floor, but eventually he ends up being a really good player. You can say, well, hey, look, great job. You found this diamond in the rough, but Ohio State still got Kingston. Now it's like you're getting your Kingston, but Ohio State isn't. And and that's I mean, that's a huge part of this. This is that double gap closing type of scenario that you and I talk about, Ryan. It's not only did you get a big time player, but did you keep the teams you're chasing from getting one as well? And yep. that's what they did with this recruitment. And and I think the layer that you hit on, Brian, which I talk about all the time, is Notre Dame is starting to tap into more pipelines of schools that all they know is winning. And that no. matters to me. You know, I mean, that's we a talked great about point, Ryan. I mean, we talked yeah. about 2023 with like Jaden Greathouse and and Enrico Flores and those types yeah. of guys, Cooper Flanagan. Like they come from schools that the expectation is to win and win state championships yeah. and to n- not do anything yeah. else. Right. In, that. in the last two classes, they've landed a kid from Bosco and De La Salle in the last two classes. I know. And I know. another kid from Folsom in yes. California. Those yeah. are the big time programs in, in that in that state. I mean, yeah, yes. they haven't tapped into modern day yet, but you know what? Those modern day kids are taking notice. Oh, dude. And there's a lot of 2025 modern day kids. So, yes. Their entire secondary is basically being recruited by Notre Dame. Their entire defense, man. Linebackers, edge rushers. It is really nuts. It is. But, I mean, it it really is, Brian, because someone just said in the chat, and I agree completely, like, Notre Dame hasn't really tapped into the St. John Bosco pipeline. They haven't. And the one thing I know about Kingston is we talk about the floor. Why is Kingston's floor so high? Because it's not going to be it's not going to be unique or different to him, right? Coming to he's going to come to Notre Dame and he's going to expect to be an impact player and to win football games. That's going to be the expectation. You know why? Because that's all he knows, man. Like that's mm-hmm. all he knows. Jaden Greathouse. Why are people shocked that Jaden Greathouse looks like he's going to play a lot as a freshman and he was really good down the stretch of spring? Why are we shocked? We're not. We shouldn't be shocked because right. for that kid. Won 52 straight games in high school well, on the 6A well, level in Texas. Ryan, I would, I would say uh, we've both said the highest ceiling yeah. at the receiver core is Braylon James. Like, yeah. that's not really close, in my opinion. Yeah. But we were – who? what was the argument you and I had? Who's going to be most ready as a freshman, Rico or Jaden? Well, guess what? They're both, both showing really good, that yeah. <laughs> because right. look where they came from, yes. right? I mean, that stuff matters. Yep. It, it's not the end-all, be-all. You can yeah. you can find guys from other programs who aren't that way. You know, yeah. Jeremiah Love comes from a big time program in Missouri, just dominates winning state championships. I mean, there's a lot of kids like that in Notre Dame's class where you're like, these are really dominant programs. You know, Drake Bowen comes from one of the better programs in the state of Indiana. Yep. Jaden Osbury comes from a really good program in the state of Louisiana. They're they're not even some of the underrated kids. Cole Mullins comes from a great program in the state of Georgia. You know, Great so program. you're starting to get yeah. more and more of these kids where Notre Dame is saying, hey, we're going to go find that sleeper kid. Logan Saldate does not play against very good competition. Mm-hmm. Right. But it but there's so it's not like a an end all be all. But that stuff matters, especially right. when you're talking about what's going to be the thing that pushes you over the edge. And that's a big part of it. Also, from a, from an evaluating the class standpoint, Ryan, obviously, this is a top 100 recruit. He's a top 100 recruit on our breakdown board. He is yep. a, a four and a half star upside kid uh, on my board, Ryan. I don't know if you view him as a five star upside kid or not. I view him no, just slightly underneath good. that four and a half yep. is top 50 caliber player. He was close to it. T- he is actually by a point, by a point, the new number one player in the defensive class on my board. He's a point ahead of Cole Mullins. 
And so you've got Cole, him, Cole Mullins, Bronte Johnson is my number one, two, and three with Logan Thomas. Now all of a sudden, Ryan, you you we've talked about this. Now you have an, a a really impact top one hundred caliber player on all three levels, defensive lineman with in my view Cole Mullins. You have a linebacker in Kingston, then obviously Bronte Johnson is a safety, and then I would argue you have a borderline top hundred kid at corner as well, and yep. Leonard Moore, in my opinion. I love and, and you've Moore. got some, yeah. yep, you've got some incredibly high ceiling guys like Logan Thomas, uh, like Bryce Young, like Bodie Cahoon, like Teddy Rezac. Uh, I, I think I saw something where Tabron Benny Powell, a guy that you and I are not high on, had like a monster first game in a, a scrimmage they had, like a couple picks and like real big deal. So all of a sudden, you're the, the, having Kingston in this class, Ryan. To me, it's just one kid, and 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 I don't mean to get too hyperbolic here but it completely changes the outlook of what this defensive class looks like because there would have been a big gaping hole in this class if you don't get him and now you you've hit on guys because like let's be honest about something ryan notre dame took logan thomas when there were still some really good vipers on the board they they wanted cole mullins in a big way whatever you think whatever you out there think of him as a player notre dame views cole mullins as a dude right so that was Bryce Young was the guy that they've been targeting for a long time. Leonard Moore is a guy that they prioritize the minute they got on his film. Yes. Bronte Johnson is a kid they've been prioritizing, prioritizing for a long time. Kennedy Erlacher is a kid that they have been in on a long time. So now mm-hmm. with getting Kingston, you can look and say, Ryan, yes, there have been misses. No doubt. Justin Scott was a big miss. Elijah rushing was a miss. There are different types of misses, but there's a lot of hits now. And, and yes. hits of different positions of guys that they have been prioritizing for a long time. Not guys they moved on after they missed someone else, but guys that they prioritized early on. And that's huge to me. Huge to me. Yeah. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Well, it's a hit on a guy that maybe you shouldn't have gotten, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. I'll say like this, Brian, because I do agree that Cole Mullins is very underrated from just the national perspective of him, right? But I look at him and I say, but Notre Dame versus the teams that have offered him, Notre Dame should win that battle. Kennedy or right. are the same way. Notre, Notre Dame should win Correct. that battle. You're Correct. battling against the big dogs for Kingston, like the big Great dogs. Point. I, mean, I mean, Alabama, Georgia, they didn't even make the top group for Kingston, but they also have offered Kingston. Texas has offered Kingston. Some of the big LSU, guys, Oklahoma, Penn State, Michigan, right? Yep. Oregon, big, Tennessee. Big dogs. Big yeah. dogs, man. And a lot of those schools that you just mentioned Texas, also Texas have... Texas A&M. He visited yes. Texas this spring too, Ryan, I believe. He did. For he an did. unofficial. He did. And and those also, and he also visited Miami at some point this offseason as mm-hmm. well. So you're talking about a, a lot of the schools that you just said as well, Brian, they have a different pitch than what Notre Dame can give yeah. to a recruit as well. So you were fighting an uphill battle. You're fighting a battle for a kid that maybe you shouldn't have landed, if we're being honest. But well, and, and I can I can say this, Ryan, with certainty. Yeah. Let me just interject this. I'm sorry to cut you off, but yeah, I just wanted to fine. I wanted to get this to you before you moved on to another thing. This is a kid you do not land in the previous staff. With all, I don't mean this yes. as a slap in the yes. face, but they wouldn't. 
they had a track record of not being willing to see recruitments like this through to the end. Yeah. Yeah. They would have panicked and taken some other, you know, low kid and tried to convince everybody, no, 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 we like this kid better. That that's what they would have done in the previous staff. This staff took a risk. It took a gamble, Ryan, where a lot yeah. of linebackers have committed elsewhere, dude, like a lot of them. And but they said, no, we're seeing this one through because we think this kid, it reminds me a lot of the Christian Gray recruitment last year from this standpoint. I remember when Ohio State and LSU had kind of passed Notre Dame by. And so this part's a little different because Notre Dame was the leader for Christian and then it fell behind. That's a little different here. But I remember talking with someone and and the point was made to me is like, look, we're not going to stop recruiting this kid because at the end of the day, we believe he's a Notre Dame kid. He just doesn't know it yet. And I think that's very similar to Kingston here as well. As Notre Dame didn't panic. This staff didn't panic when LSU and Ohio State, big dogs, were beating them for Christian Gray. They stayed consistent. And at the end of the day, Christian was like, this is more of who I am. And I think that's something that helped them uh, here. And the the faith aspect obviously helped a bit too. But they could have panicked. The previous staff would have panicked and moved on a long time ago, Ryan, if they ever would have made the hard charge to begin with. Because they very rarely went out to Notre Dame. I think the last Bosco kid that Notre Dame tried to recruit was DJ Morgan. He's a nice player, you know, three star yeah. kid, but he wasn't a yeah. he wasn't a difference maker. He wasn't an impact guy. Uh, great kid and went to UConn and played a little bit at UConn is there and all that. But these are just the battles they chose not to fight. And this staff said, no, we're we're going to fight because if we want to win a championship, these are the kind of kids we need to we need to get. We can't. Because the previous staff would have said, hey, we did great at linebacker last year. So yeah. we're okay this year's class. This staff said, no. Yeah, we did great at linebacker last year, but we want to do great at linebacker again this year too. That's what that's what that's the competition standard. thing. Right. Standard. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm a standard. great competition, right? And right. the best way to get the best most out of Drake Bowen is to make sure that he's always challenged to be his best because yes. of what we got coming in. Same with Jaden Allsbury, same with Jalen Steed, Nolan Ziegler. And that's how you build a, a, a great team with great depth and an elite championship caliber play. And, you know, they, they did that. They met their needs in every capacity. Now in this class, they took some chances, but they took chances on tall, long kids with verified <laughs> four or five 40 times. Yes, that's what exactly. they did. Exactly. Well, and Brian, I, I think that the greatest thing about it, it to your point of kind of loading up and, and getting competition is, we live in a era of the transfer portal where guys leave so easily now. And there's going to be kids that leave Notre Dame. There is ultimately every year. There's going to be some, it's just going to happen because it's going to happen at every single program. Notre Dame is, I think, I think, and I, I, this is my opinion. And I think that most schools should do this in this vantage point of some kids are going to leave at times. So let's get as many great football players as we possibly can because if there are some defections, it's okay because we still got that guy coming up, this pipeline coming up. That's what Georgia does. I mean, this offseason they lost Bear Alexander, who was an incredible player for them in the national championship game. It's like, okay, we have Warren Brinson and Nazir Stackhouse and all these guys coming back. Like, we'll be fine, right? Because we have recruited to the highest level. That's what Notre Dame needs to keep doing. Brian, let's watch a little film of Kingston. So we've talked a lot about how all this went down. Let's let's get into the film yeah. of why and show why this is a big commitment. Now, an interesting aspect of this recruitment, Ryan, is this is a young man that missed his sophomore year. Yes, he did. I'm excited to see him this senior year because when you have lower body injuries, it's almost always the case that you're always a little quicker, a little more explosive, a little more fluid the second year away from that injury. 
that's what his senior year is going to be. So he missed, I believe, his entire sophomore year. Correct, Ryan? Because he got injured in the offseason, right? So missed his entire offseason. And you guys are going to see um, – you guys are going to see a really good football player here. So let's let's dive into this, Ryan. The first thing you're going to see, I, I do like the size. He, were, You know, you and I were kind of talking about comps and stuff. And the thing that I said is he's a faster version, a slightly th- leaner and faster version of, of Junior Tuyalamaka is kind of right. how I see him. You know, good height, 6'2", probably I, looks listed as 6'3". Maybe he is. Looks a little more 6'2"-ish to me. You know, yeah, doesn't six matter. Two, six two and a half, yeah. in the ballpark. Yeah. Good length. You see a sturdy frame, but he's not a really like a thick kid. Like some of these kids like him, you look at him and you're saying, hey, this kid's going to end up growing, outgrowing the position. I don't see that kind of frame with him, but this is what I love. Look at the feet here, Ryan. Look how smooth. Bam. Look at that hip turn and yep. then just jumps that route. This isn't a kid who's a box thumper, right? This is a kid to me, Ryan, and I wrote this in my breakdown. What makes him special to me is this is a kid that has truly three down ability as a run stopper, as a cover guy. And then also as a blitzer, he's impactful in all those areas. So this is a kid you don't have to take off the film. That was a great read. But the read was great, Brian. But look at that footwork. He's real efficient. He's clean. He makes a great read of the quarterback's eyes. Boom, boom, boom. Quick open and turn and then downhill touchdown. Well, I think the thing that that you hit on that I was going to bring up as well is, is efficiency. And that's what I see with Kingston. Like there's no false steps. There is very easy footwork. He's just an easy mover, man. Like he's not, again, he's not the, we're talking about just straight line speed. He's not going to be, he's not going to win the race of all the yeah. Notre Dame linebackers. He's not outrunning Drake Bowen and Jay Nosbury in a sprint. He's not outrunning no. Bodie Cahoon and Teddy Rezac in a sprint. Right. Yep. But he's loose. He's a very loose athlete who changes directions well because he has really efficient footwork. And I think he has a really good understanding of the position. And I, I think that he honestly sees the game as well as some linebackers that are on Notre Dame right now. I yeah. really think that he is this type of proactive mover in space. Like yeah. that first play that you showed with him jumping that slant, that is a play where he just saw that. Like he just saw it. He just knew right. it was coming. There was proactiveness to it, not reactiveness. And I think that he is one of those kids that just gets the game. He just understands. And, and that's not just a play around that you're just so wicked smart and instinctive that you just jumped that. That also comes from preparation going into the game. Yeah. You studied the film. You read the quarterback's drop. You saw his eyes lock in and you got under and you knew what was coming your way. I think that's a really good point. And th- some things I like about him, I think he's got a lot of potential as a run defender. I think his block destruction is really good, Ryan, but yeah. I wouldn't like to see him be a little bit more forceful with that initial engage sometimes. And you see that, especially on the game film, you'll see him kind of take a block on, but like let it get to him. Then he's great at dis- disengagement right? Getting off to the ball. When he learns to be a little bit more, strike a little bit more on that initial contact, he's going to be even harder to block. Because he, I would say has great length, but he's not short. He doesn't have short arms either. Like he'll be able to be a good block destructor when that initial pop gets better. This is against modern day. That's him beating Brandon Baker, I believe, right? Ryan, isn't that Brandon Baker, 72? Believe no, no, Brandon 73. Baker. He's the right tackle. Baker, 73? Baker. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But still, either way, that's an incredible yeah. play, shooting a gap and being able to – again, I think he's very loose. I mean, you even mm-hmm. see them use him as an edge rusher at times where I'm like, he's got a little looseness in his hips, man. Like, he kind of run yep. the outside track a little bit. Like, yep. a really, really flexible athlete for me. He's got a little bit of Jordan Patejo when he uh, comes off the edge, Ryan. Not quite yeah. as explosive as Jordan was, but that ability to kind of like bend and get underneath the arms and pads of the offensive tackle. You see that a few times. I'll be honest. He's one of those – you know what? one of the things I like about him, Ryan? 
Yep. He's one of those kids who I actually like his game film better than his highlights. I feel he's one of those kids that you don't really appreciate on highlights as much as you do on game film. Because on game film, you just see how constantly active and locked in he is. Yeah. Even on plays where the ball's not coming to him, you know, where it's just like, man, that was a really good run fit right there. Like there was nowhere to cut back. He didn't make the tackle. That's what this is one of those ones. About. This is Brandon Baker right here. I believe. Yes. The right nope. That's not him either. Nope, 77. Yeah. So it looked like there. modern day. I don't know if that's modern day or not. Interesting. But well, yeah, I this love- is a. Ahead, I love Ryan. the versatility. You see him, obviously, again, you just saw him playing overhang. You've seen him inside, obviously, as a true inside linebacker. You've seen him rush off the edge. They utilize him a lot. And I think that one thing that you can't undersell about this young man is that he sense full of dudes. At- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Score to yeah. USC. Uh, did I just break up there? I think I made a little bit right. You look like okay, your mic sorry. just went out for a second, but it sounds like sorry. you're back. Gotcha. You're good. So Marcellus Williams is going to USC. He has another, two other linebackers that are going to Texas A&M and Washington. He's got a safety behind him. The in, kid in, going to Washington is also really good. Athletic as anything, yes, man. Super, he's really yes. good. Yeah. And then they got really Peyton good. Woodyard behind him who's going to the University of Georgia. He plays on a defense full of dudes, and he's the best player on the defense. 100% that's, agree. That's where we are. I mean, he was the best player yep. on their defense last year. He's the leader. He's the vocal leader. He's the guy. He's the heart and soul of that defense yeah. that has NFL, uh, well, probably NFL players, but college football players yeah. everywhere. Big I time college football talents all over the board. Yeah. Yes, correct. Correct. And I like how they use him too, because they do have that speed at some other places that allows them to kind of play him inside out, you know, like, and that's important too, Ryan. Just so people know, we will have a mailbag after this. So if you want to get your questions in, go ahead and fire them in. We do have a few of them already, but if you got some questions you want us to talk about with him or recruiting or whatever, go ahead and throw those in there as well. Yeah. Here's the other thing too, Ryan. Is is this is a, a trait that I, I I don't see a lot of from linebackers this young? Because what we'll see on film is we'll see kids that snap, they're just flying downhill, and that's great for highlight tape. But that's not really how linebacker gets played at the college level. You can't just fly downhill all the time because that means you're basically run stunting all the time. You there has to be some level of you got to read and react. His combination of patience, read, and then burst is yeah. really impressive and, and advanced for his age, which is surprising when you consider he missed his entire sophomore season. That's yeah. something that surprised me uh, when you watch how just savvy he is that you're like, wow, th- this is a kid that y- you'd think he'd be a little bit more rusty than he was, no, you know? I know. And he's I just mean, a really I mean, instinctive he, kid. If he takes a step up from athleticism somehow with, with the, you know, second year off of the ACL tear, then, I mean, we're talking about a potential five-star yeah. if he does. I mean, because, I, I mean, I'm just evaluating what he is on this film right now athletically. But if there is a step that he takes, then this might even mm-hmm. be a bigger get than we even realize right. now because it's just – Because that's again, the thing that keeps him from being a five-star in our view, right, Ryan? It's just yeah. he's a good athlete, but he's not an elite athlete. You know, and, and that's what makes him not be a five-star upside guy in my view and why he's not a top 50 guy for me now, although right. he's close. He's very close. close. Yeah. Uh, if he and it doesn't, it's not that much of a step either, you know. And, wow. and so it's it's going to be impressive to see how how it all plays out. Look at the hands there, right? He's got really quick hands. You can kind of see the link there a little bit. You love the motors. Feet never. That's nothing, right? His feet never stop moving. Accelerated stop anything moving. on contact. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Sure He's just do. got that natural feel of when contact. This is Oof. a great example. When contact comes, I've got to really drive. Yeah. That's just, not I mean, fun. that's a. 
that's not fun if you're an offensive tackle. No. That's not fun. <laughs> no, it's not. That's not. No, I feel bad for that kid. Uh, but that's that that lower body strength, getting the pads underneath him, and just he doesn't even really like coil that much yeah. on that one. He just got that natural power. Oh, he's got that. He's got that Samoan strength, man. He's got yep. the Samoan. Strength. I don't know what the. <laughs> I don't know if somebody said something to him before this game, but this is like the third just destroy somebody that he's had against this team on film, dude. Goodness gracious. Playing offenses too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said something about him that he didn't like. Look at that. That's that patience we're talking about, right? Like stay on your assignment. Don't get sucked in with the running back. That's not your job. Stay on the quarterback. Eat it up. I believe that was against modern day as well. I believe, right? Isn't that the playoff game against modern day? It looks like it it was. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it. So this is um, this. I would argue. I think you can make a case, Ryan, that if you're going to put him in a position, you project him as a Mike. That he's the best Mike in in the country in the in the 2024 class. In my opinion, he's in that conversation. In my opinion, yeah, I like this play yeah, too. Certainly is. Certainly is. Yeah. I mean, because he Scoop. has. Yeah. Oh, and that was number six. That was House that uh, forced that mm-hmm. fumble as well, which was mm-hmm. he's, kids going to Washington. So. He's really good. <laughs> yes, he's very very athletic, man. They just use him mm-hmm. everywhere, which is absolutely insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I, I, I don't want to harp on it because I already made the point, but the fact that he is the best player on a team that is just loaded with high division one talent, like that matters to me, man. Mm-hmm. Like that does matter. When Marcellus Williams and Peyton Woodyard and those types of caliber of players are looking at this kid to be the playmaker of the defense yeah. pretty pretty consistently, like that says a lot to me. Yep. We're going to watch the rest of these highlights play out, Ryan. Then we'll kind of talk a little bit about a what what's next before we dive into the mailbag. So you guys see what we're talking about here with Kingston. I mean, the film doesn't lie. And I'm, and I'm telling you, if you really want to enjoy watching him on film, there's some games of his online, go find him. Yeah. Because he really is one of those kids that, and Jalen Smith was this way. Now he's a much different type of player than Jalen Smith. So don't, don't think that I'm comparing him to Jalen Smith stylistically, but you really couldn't really uh, pr- truly appreciate Jalen Smith. And Drew Tranquil was this way in high school too, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Drew's highlight tape was good, but you had to really watch Drew, play a whole game to realize just how impactful he was on a game in a game. And he did it as kind of a safety. Jalen was as a running back and as a linebacker, but you, you like those guys. Like you really don't appreciate how good this guy is until you put in a game film and just see how from snap after snap from getting guys lined up and move them around and play. He plays so many head games with quarterbacks, you know, like coming up and dropping back and coming from depth and all those type of things. Like he's got, it's all part of that instinctual aspect of it that makes him a really impactful player. And and his freshman highlights are also pretty impressive. If you want to, if you want to have some fun with those. So when he's a little bit, a little bit smaller, but looks a lot very similar to what he does now. So so big pickup for Notre Dame. Very impactful talent and a kid that brings. I would argue one of arguably the highest floor of all the, there are other linebackers they've signed with higher ceilings in recent seasons. Yep. I don't know that there's a linebacker they've signed with a higher floor in the last fair. couple of seasons. Fair. Would you agree with fair that? Fair. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, cause he's, he's just so technically advanced for his mm-hmm. age, right? Like he just gets the game and he comes from a great program that's used to winning. He brings all the requisites, physical traits that you'd want being six, two plus 230 pounds as a junior in high school. So yeah, I think that he brings an incredible baseline when you put everything together. So Ryan, let's talk a little bit about what's next at linebacker. 
right? Because yep. obviously uh, we've had a lot of questions in the chat about, okay, do they go for another linebacker in the class? As of right now, I do not expect Notre Dame to go after another linebacker in this class. What we had said before is if if Bradley Shaw would have wanted to come, they might have taken – I think they would have taken him and then still kept on Kingston. But once Kingston committed before anybody else, they were going to shut it down. The only thing that would change that, Ryan, is if for some reason there was something uh, – changes on the current roster or current class right. for some reason you know there's a right. there's a major injury there's a departure that right now we can't anticipate but as of right but even then i still think they would just add another kid to the 24 class and then yep. maybe go to the portal for depth that they needed depth for next year so i think i i anticipate Notre Dame being done at linebacker again never say never yep. but as of right now I, I think that they're done i bodie cahoon and teddy rezak seem pretty locked in right now to notre dame Uh, So I I believe they're done at linebacker and 24. So when we talk about what's next, Ryan, what this means now in June of 2023, Notre Dame can now start focusing its entire, its attention on the 2025 linebacker class, which is great news because for all the issues we've, you and I have complained quite a bit about how the 24 class has got some really rough spots, some really rough yeah. spots. There's some positions that are just not good. And it's a good year nationally, but not a great year nationally. And then some of the higher rank kids, I believe, are just a tad overrated. When you look at the 25 board nationally, and then from a Notre Dame standpoint, the the board is loaded. I believe Notre Dame's already over 20 offers at linebacker for linebacker rovers. In oh, this easy. Class. Yeah. And, yeah. And when you look at, you know, there's and there's also a lot of kids that fit the Notre Dame mold. So for example, Notre Dame's twisted path to this linebacker class took some bad turns because there was kids that I, I believe you and I both believe that Notre Dame would have had a great chance to get Tylen Singleton, for example, if he could get yes. into school. Yes. Love yep. Notre Dame, but just, it wasn't going to fit. It wasn't going to work from that regard. Next year's class is great fits and, and incredible talent. I could yep. list right now, off the top, like not off the top of my head, because I'm looking at the list. That'd be that's not what I meant. <laughs> but I'm just just like right now I could go through and list nine or ten dudes easily that if Notre Dame landed, you're talking about that's a big pickup. Yeah. And most of these kids have already been on campus when you go through. I mean, ju- here's some of the guys that I absolutely love in next year's class: Justin Hill from Cincinnati, Christian Jones from Nebraska, Landon McComber from Las Vegas, Noah McHale from California, who's a dude. I really like Gavin Nix already in next year's class. Anthony Saka is an absolute stud in next year's class. Obviously, Nathaniel Owusu-Boteng. Carlton Smith's a very talented player in next year's class. Brett Clatterball is a really talented player in next year's class. And those are just the guys. Elijah Barnes, I know, is a guy that you like a lot. I, be- yeah. I, I believe, yeah. you know, and, and I haven't even watched all these kids. There's still other kids that I haven't even watched yet. I haven't watched Bo Jackson yet. I haven't watched Marco Jones yet. I haven't watched Marquise Davis yet. I haven't watched, uh, you know, a couple of these kids yet that for next year's film, and I'm already loving this class. And there's some kids that are at safeties right now that I think could maybe project as rovers. When you talk about the other kid from Las Vegas, Matai uh, Tagoa, he's a kid that I think when it's all said, he's already a six foot, 490 pound thumper as a safety. I, I think he's a rover when it's all said and done. Now you get a, a really big head start on that class. You've already had a bunch of these kids on campus already. Yep. You've like Noah McHale's been on campus already. Uh, 
a lot of these, I mean, some, and some of them haven't, but a lot of these kids have been on campus already. I believe uh, Landon McComber's been on campus already. Obviously, I yes. believe Josiah Key has been on campus because his brother played here. Justin Hill's been on campus already. Brett Clatterball's been on campus already. Anthony Sack has been on campus already. Carlton Smith has been on campus already. So now you want to get Jeremiah's uh, uh, Nathaniel Owusu Botang on campus. You need to get him on campus. I don't believe Christian Jones has been on campus yet, Ryan. Has Not he? Yet. Not yet. Okay. Nope. But he's got a teammate that's committed to Notre Dame. Yep. So there are kids that you're going after already in 2025, and a bunch of them have already been on campus. And so now because of – and here's the other part of it too, Ryan. Because you got Kingston, you can now be really picky about which linebackers you go after next year. And it's pretty much like you better be targeting dudes in next right. year's class. There's yep. no need to rush and panic and take a, a projectable kid because you, you miss on the co- – no, get the dudes, and and that's where that's where the focus needs to be. And it's because you were able to get the three man class you got in back to back years that allows you to now say we're looking at one of the better linebacker classes we've seen in recent years from a from a national standpoint. And you now have a full year head start on these guys, really, and you can be a little picky with them. There's no excuse now not to have another great linebacker class, and I think that. Kingston getting Kingston gives me faith that even though Marcus Frank, because this was the first class and this was our concern for a while, Ryan, this is the first class of linebackers that, that Notre Dame was going to get that weren't influenced by Marcus Freeman as the defensive coordinator. Right. Cause remember when Drake Bowen committed to Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman was still the defensive coordinator. Brian Kelly was the head football coach. When Jaden Osbury fell in love with Notre Dame, Marcus Freeman was still the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. This in in Preston Zinter basically was a guy that Marcus Freeman went on the road and met and was like, we're getting that guy. Right. Yeah. So this is the first class that you look at and say, this is all post Marcus Freeman as the linebacker coach DC. Can they still recruit linebacker at high level? There's still some questions to be answered, but there's a lot more confidence now that he can continue that and the staff can continue that moving forward in 2025 when it's really going to be important because of how it is just, just how loaded it is. And there's a couple guys in there, Ryan, too, that could are projectable kids. I, I could see Justin Hill outgrowing linebacker and becoming a Viper. Oh, easy. I could yeah. even see Noah McHale a little bit kind of following the Jordan Patelho route down the road if he keeps growing and some of those guys like that. Uh, so yeah. love, love, love next year's linebacker class. And now that's where the Notre Dame focus is on, Ryan. Yeah, well, and, and I think that you made a good point about like Matt Mattai Tagaioa, who is the star safety out of Nevada. Like, there's a couple kids on that safety board that are six three, six four, and 190 pounds already. So, if we're talking about the rover conversation, like those guys have to be at least a mention in that. But yes, I mean they're in a good early spot. It, it's pretty absurd to think about, but I mean, if if you ask me right now, like of the 2025 linebackers, who's Notre Dame in a good spot with? I mean, it's several. I mean, it really yeah. is. I mean. They are in a good spot currently with no McHale and are in a good spot. And again, this is not commit tomorrow. Good spot, but right. it's still a lot of work to be done. Right. Spots. Sure. Landon McComer. They're in a very good spot with Christian Jones. Although he hasn't been to campus yet. They're in a very good spot with a guy like Christian Jones. Anthony Sack has been to campus already. And they're in a good spot with him. I mean, and they are, although Nathaniel Wusubutang is probably going to be a tough pull again, out of IMG now transferring down from, from the state of Maryland. He listed Notre Dame as one of his top four schools, and he's never yeah. been to Notre Dame before. So, yeah, that I article you had on him was very encouraging because we hadn't yeah. really heard a lot about 
him and his interest level in Notre Dame. So that was very yeah. important. Yeah. No, I think it was great that Notre Dame was the only school listed that was outside of the state of Florida. And I was like, oh, it's very interesting, right? Like very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So I think when you look where you are with some of these linebackers, you're you're very you're very confident with potentially how you're going to move forward with the 2025 class. And they bring a lot of position flexibility to your point. I mean, there's a lot of guys that can fit into multiple linebacker spots or eventually transition to a completely different position, play some Viper. And there are a lot of those guys from the board. Anthony Saka and Notre Dame have a really good early bond. That's another one. And I've heard, right. And I'm, and I'm, we're still trying to get confirmation from him, but I've been told by some people uh, from down there that Gavin Nix likes Notre Dame a lot too. Yeah. So there's definitely some kids that have my interest in Notre Dame. And I think a, a recruitment like this helps because the best players don't look at getting Kingston like, oh, man, I don't want to go there now. I don't want to compete. No, they're like, oh, Notre Dame's doing something. Right. I mean, that's usually how th- those at least that's the kind of kids that you that you want anyway. So that's what uh, that's the what's next, Ryan. So that's going to wrap up sort of the coverage of the commitment. We're going to move on to the mailbag next. But obviously, Ryan, big, big, big pickup for Notre Dame getting Kingston yes. and being able to put this kind of bow on top of the defensive class I think completely changes completely changes the 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 view and the outpick and it's it's hard for like you know one guy to do that but when you look at what their needs were I mean it, this is big you've you've now landed impact caliber ends an impact linebacker with some high ceiling guys an impact corner an impact safety I feel a lot better about the defensive class today than I did 24 hours ago, a 100%. lot better because yeah. of their ability to get Kingston. And then also what that says about Notre Dame, not just getting him, but what it says about Notre Dame, I think is yeah. very important. I agree. I mean, there were a few of the top targets that we talked about, and Justin Scott was obviously in that conversation before he came into Ohio State where you're like, Notre Dame needs those guys. You need to be able to land those. And the, there was some – hardships there right there were a lot of downs in those instances you know justin obviously being a perfect example of that but this was a much needed boost of oh okay notre dame's here to play with the big boys like we they can do it so yes you got a great talent you got a great young man you got a great leader and you were able to beat one of your midwest rivals to be able to do it which is the biggest thing and and we didn't really mention this we talked about the defensive class now you're a gearby lambert pickup away from really finishing off with some momentum because momentum is a thing, right? Especially with fans. And that's another one you'll have to beat Ohio state for to get gear B Lambert. That's another one we're going to be Ohio state for. doesn't matter quite as much because Notre Dame has beat them for some big time offensive linemen in the past, but it matters from this standpoint because the guy that beat Ohio state for those big time linemen in the past was Harry. He not Joe Rudolph. And so it would also be a, a really good sign that you're able to beat Ohio State for a kid that they wanted that's a big-time, one of the best offensive tackles in the class, and you did it with Joe Rudolph, not Harry Heastan. Yeah. And I think that that's – so you're, if you if they can, pardon me, pull that off, that that now all of a sudden that momentum starts getting back to where Notre Dame goes into fall camp with recruit, you're feeling really good about where recruiting is going for the team now moving forward. So, so just certainly a big pickup. Hey, we're going to go to the mailbag next folks. Before we do, do us a favor, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. Ryan put a really long sort of timeline on there. I'm going to add a, a little bit of an Intel piece, a lot, some of it that I'm going to put in there. Ryan already has in his piece. That's on the mess, message board only type of thing. I'm going to have a, just a little kind of a backstory of how this, this all went down on the message board as well. 
you can definitely check that out at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Can be an annual member, a monthly member. We've had we had a gold club sign up today. We've had a shamrock club sign up today for the booster club. You can join those as well. So definitely check that out at boards.irishbreakdown.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.